Welcome back for episode two of Casting the Net with Father Dave and Rick. We hope you guys enjoyed the first episode. Uh, and in this week's show, they are going to answer some questions from listeners uh, about the history between Father Dave and Rick. Where did they come from? How did they get to be where they are today? They're going to talk a lot about obedience. Where does it come from? How do you deal with the unexpected and even how friendships play into it from the previous episode? And also how you can't force a free creature into a relationship, meaning that you can't assume God knows what you're thinking. So some really good stuff here in episode two. Hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Father Dave Noss, together with Father of Four, Rick Lingva. Welcome to Casting the Net. We are in search for catching the faith. Friends, thanks again for joining us, uh, Rick. Father Dave here, continuing a conversation that we have begun about the relevance of a lively faith in daily living. Last time we got to talk about spiritual friendships and some questions were even raised to us, Rick, about um, how is it that we got to this point ourselves in in the friendship that we share? And Mm. in other words, who are we? (laughs) Right? So I, I hail originally from Wisconsin. And moved several times in my life and eventually eventually entered into the seminary after college. Uh, had uh, additional degree work that I completed at Catholic University, which allowed me to live and work in the Archdiocese of Washington. It also took me to the Archdiocese of Cologne for a number of years. And then returning back to the United States and eventually back to Toledo, Ohio, where I am a priest here living and serving. I've had the opportunity to do teaching and and pastoral work alike and am just so passionate about the faith being a leaven in daily living. And I think all of my academic pursuits along the way have really been anchored in that uh, goal, not to escape from daily living, but for daily living to be enhanced, Mm. amplified, uh, sharpened, more joyful, more fulfilling. And so that's been a particular interest of, of mine in my studies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm, my, interestingly, both my wife and I are from Bryan, Ohio, about an hour west of Toledo. Um, although we didn't know each other very well while, while we were living in Bryan. We both sort of went our separate ways in adult life. Um, I was in Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C., studying theology, um, in a master's program at the Dominican House of Studies, which is right across the street from Catholic <laughs> University of America, um, when, when she and I reconnected and started dating and then ultimately married. And um, our paths led us back to Toledo eventually after a few stops prior. I was a theology teacher for a time, and um, she's a nurse practitioner, pediatric nurse practitioner. Um, but the, the goal was, was always to get closer to Brian so that we could um, we could have... Our, our kids could have a, a, a robust relationship with um, our parents. It's something we had growing up, Christine and I. We, we had close relationships with our grandparents. It was a blessing we wanted for our, for our kids as well. And so it was, just, it was always sort of in the cards for us to move um, sort of back to home. Um, and here we are. And uh, you know, as far as my passions and interests in ministry go, um, you know, my, my training was much more academic um, theologically. And that's, that's, that's always been what I've been interested in doing is, um, you know, spiritually, there are lots of battles in the heart. There are lots of battles in the head, too, you know, um, especially this day and age. 
Um, there are a lot of intellectual challenges to the faith, and intellectual challenges require intellectual answers. Um, and and I like to try to to provide those, but also make them um, realistic and and um, accessible. You know, sort of down to earth. Um, and that's why I've always enjoyed my discussions with you because I think <laughs> I, you know, it gives me a forum to do that. I mean, I think we. I think we uh, we pose interesting questions to one another, and, and the conversation's fruitful. I think we both were battle tested in high school classrooms. Oh yeah, trying to Absolutely. teach. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, it's an ultimate a, challenge. And in, in academia, um, it really isn't that challenging. It's it's kind of a small number who are in the choir, right. all seeking to outsing themselves. Or at least that was a little bit of my experience. Were, wasn't quite as positive as yours, I think. But towards that end, when you're dealing with adolescence and the throes of adolescence and all of the, uh, I would say the 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 secular inoculations mm. that they have received over the years, they don't even realize yeah. some of the um, some of the postulations that they hold to be true, right? And and how absurd yeah. they oh, are. They're every bit as much, um, you know, leaps of faith yeah. as, as anything yeah. a, a religion can pose. Yeah. You know? And yet we both love the energy they bring. Mm-hmm. And if that can just be channeled towards um, right. the one who does provide all of the answers for all of our longings, mm-hmm. great things happen. Absolutely. And we met in a parish, right? Here in the city of Toledo, Little Flower Parish, although I'm now at Christ the King Parish, where I'm serving as a priest and pastor. Mm-hmm. For many, many years, we were together at, at Little Flower, and we continue to uh, deepen and uh, enjoy and savor the delights of a, of a friendship that God has, has uh, given to both of us. Mm-hmm. You greatly missed it, Little Flower. Um, you were a great blessing there, but um, I, it's, it's, a, it's a great grace that our friendship's been able to, uh, to, to persist beyond your moon. So thank you for that. Oh, Indeed, I, I get the best end of the deal, as I've told you on more than one occasion. You know, I was just thinking back to a to a personal episode of my life where before I was ordained a deacon, and when you ordained a deacon in the Catholic faith, which is the step before being a priest, it's a serious commitment. In fact, it's as serious as becoming a priest. The, the, the promises that we make there are binding and right. permanent. And I had a real... I had a real crisis of faith. I don't know if I've really spoken about this publicly, but I had not a faith. I had a real crisis of fear of being able to keep the promise of praying the office in totality every single day. And it bothered me. I was so unsettled that I actually called my then bishop and I met with him to talk to him about that. I just felt like integrity demanded that. Mm. And... There are three promises that a priest makes. One is for uh, to forego marriage, celibate loving. One is to be obedient to the bishop and his successors. And the third, of course, is to, to pray this daily prayer of the church, which mm-hmm. is rooted in the psalms of the church. And it was that last one that was, I, I didn't, gosh, could I do that every day <laughs> as the church prescribes? Which in its entirety is probably about, if you're doing it in a relaxed way, about an hour, but it's spread out in different parts of the day. And when I met with him and I shared with him, I, and I was I was scared to like disclose this. Am I going to be ordained a deacon right. or what? And I remember he smiled at me. He didn't know what that meant initially, <laughs> and he said, "Oh, David, 
your struggle will be with obedience. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, I'm not going to have any trouble. <laughs> and here, most recently, I again, which has been my journey as a priest, I again was assigned unexpectedly. This wasn't the first time this has happened. Most recently, where I'm serving now wasn't anything I sought or anything for which I applied or even saw coming. And obedience comes, as we both know, from a, from a root word meaning to listen. And so lessons that I am continuing to receive to listen to the voice of God, albeit in this, um, in this human body um, that is mine. Right. And certain desires to want to control outcomes and to to uh, manipulate security. Mm-hmm. And I was just reminded again recently in my own transference and the beginning of a new job, effectively new responsibility, shepherding in new ways, having to leave behind people for whom I have such great affection mm-hmm. and gave everything that I knew how to give, trusting that God is going to provide even when I'm. I'm not sure how this is all going to work out. Mm. So, I mean, you know, concretely or practically speaking, what, what, what helps with that? Because, I, you know, as a layperson, it's a different sort of obedience, but because we're all baptized into Christ who is obedient, yeah. we're, we're called to obedience as well. Christ is obedient to the Father unflinchingly. Yeah, um, We saw that most um, profoundly during Holy Week, or yes. we're, we're reminded of that yes. most profoundly during yes. Holy Week. Um, what, what helps with that? Because I, I think if I were to receive instructions that were you know, going to uproot me in the way that you were uprooted, I could see a real struggle with, you know, just sulking about it yeah. and being, you know, sort of, sort of salty and, and yes. perhaps indignant about it. So what, 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 what sort of practical steps did you take to, um, to steer clear of those? I'm going to go back to our, previous podcast and the absolute importance of certain friendships. So of being able to be straightforward and honest with certain most trustworthy friends where judgment is not going to be rendered, rather support and encouragement is going to be given. And thank you for being among those and just with a listening ear and and just others to redirect to mission. Right, I find that the temptation is always a self-absorption. That that's how yep. the that's how the opponent's always trying to get me mm. uh, play the role of victim, and to be utterly um, zeroed in on myself versus the Christic response. Right, that's the mature Christian, the intentional disciple. Like, right. okay, Lord, you're in all things, so you're in this. Yeah. How do you want me to find you, other than screaming out to him about why me? Mm. And I have to work on it. Mm. And the working on it, we talked again in our last podcast, it, it takes effort. Yep. <laughs> I wish it was just one <laughs> really good, sincere moment, right. you know, that yeah. just took care of it in full, paid it in full. <laughs> um, it's a daily commitment, and it's commitment throughout each and every day, and it's try, trying again. Yeah. Something you said in there, and I, I can't pinpoint exactly what it was, but just sort of the, the, the totality of it, reminded me of the importance of being honest particularly in your prayer life. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I, the temptation for me a lot of times is to sort of fake piety as though I could fake God out of anything, <laughs> I, you know. But, 
But it, in, in doing that and putting that mask on, and I suppose this 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 is uh, you know true of our, our humanly friendships as well, because honesty is, is equally for the same reasons, largely important in our human friendships too. But um, if I can't bring my shabby desires and inclinations before God, then I'm not really presenting myself to him. I'm not 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 presenting an open self to him um, that he can work in. You know, and the same is true of our, our humanly friendships, because if I don't share what's really on my mind with you or what my, my passions are, what my hopes are, um, it's, not, it's not myself that I'm offering to you in friendship. It's, it's somebody completely different. I'm offering um, you know, an alienated version of myself, a fragmented version of myself, and there can be no union in love. Yeah. Um, so I, I could see you know, what you said about um, you know, being upfront about whatever internal hangups you have um, being key for that transition. Yeah, yeah. That's so, it's so insightful, a reminder about the importance of honesty uh, that is at the heart of any kind of meaningful friendship, mm. essential friendship, yep. for sure. Divine friendships and... and Divine friendships, friendships. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I'm just sitting here smiling and laughing, just imagining what if you're one of your beautiful little kids mm. just trying to out-trick you, right, with something... <laughs> <laughs> happens every day. <laughs> Make it happen this morning a few times. <laughs> I, I don't know why this image is coming back to me. It's not a it's not a good image. It's the first lie that I recall ever having made. <laughs> and I think I was four. And it was the pork chop that I put underneath the plate at lunch. And just insisting with the, the same kind of fervor that Peter insisted, not knowing the Lord, I was telling my mother that I absolutely ate it. It's gone. <laughs> Why is your why is your plate an inch above the table? Right. <laughs> and it's so absurd right. when we have the light of grace to illumine that. So when you're right, when we're speaking with God, conversing with God, we call that prayer, mm-hmm. talking with God, listening with God. Um, why would I why would I be posturing and positioning myself to mm-hmm. be presented in a particular way when right. he knows every thought, he knows every inclination. Yeah. And just, again, for me, what really clarifies the issue is thinking about, you know, analogously, my, my marriage with my wife. Yeah. You know, if just <laughs> She asks me how I feel in the evening, and I, and I give her some, some line that isn't true at all. Well, how does, how does that build up the, the marriage at all in any way? Yeah. I haven't offered myself an openness and, and willingness to unite with her. Yes. That, that's not going to serve any sort, of, any sort of healthy purpose at all. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Offering myself an openness, right? And it, and all of that is sequential. Mm-hmm. That's what builds for stronger friendships. Of course, you're talking about married love in this instance. And in, in my particular case, it's it's a love very much of, mm-hmm. of church and bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. And there's no other way to deepen that and to fortify that than that particular approach, which mm-hmm. also includes when I fall short of the mark, which is frequent. I have a particular expertise in that. But to be able to name that yep. openly and honestly and with that, commit to try, try again. Yeah. And one of the uh, one of the objections my students used to raise pretty frequently is, well, you know, if, if, if God is really all of these omni things that you say he is, <laughs> omnipotent and om- omniscient and omnipresent, doesn't he know how, how I feel and what I'm thinking anyway? Why do I have to speak to him? And, of course, the answer is, well, I mean – God can't force us into relationship. I mean, that, that, that's one of those, like, you know, 
squared circle things or can he can he create a rock so big he can't lift it? I mean, it's just not a doable thing. Yeah. Right? It's a, it's a self-canceling statement. He can't force a free creature into a relationship. Yes. So yes, he he knows me better than I know myself, but I still have to approach him in openness, at least, you know, crack the window a little bit. And his grace will will wriggle in there and and you know gently open it some more. But there has to be some some uh, some initiative on my part, which is grace too. But it's it's me cooperating with it. Um, I can't just throw my hands up in the air and say, "Oh, you you, you know what I'm thinking." <laughs> that's that's good for today. <laughs> that does not make for any kind of loving relationship. No. In, uh, in in initiating the conversation, there there's a there's an openness. There's a there's a receptivity and a vulnerability that's being extended. Absolutely. Friends, he's Rick. I'm Father Dave. Husband and father, priest and pastor, a dad and a priest just trying to become better fathers. And in the process of doing that, we're trying to be caught up into a net that's cast and cast the net ourselves. Friends, he's Rick. And I'm Father Dave, a dad and a priest, together trying to become better fathers by catching Christian faith. Thanks for joining us for our conversation, and we hope that you'll connect with us next week for Casting the Net.